Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back, listeners. So I've got a great question for you. Is your database or your CRM a dumpster fire of frankly lost opportunity or an ATM machine of found opportunity? Well, why do we bring this up? Because study after study has shown that nurturing your database should yield at least a 10% return. Now, that's according to our own experience, thousands of coaching clients, as well as Housing Wire Media and Real Trends, and the list goes on. They all come up with the same results within a point or two. Now, this means that when you have 100 people in your database and they're hearing from you regularly with something of value, at least 10 of those contacts, or 10%, should either transact with you or refer someone they know to you who will work with you buying or selling real estate. That's yearly. So that can translate to this. I'm going to level off there. So here's the fallacy in the whole center of influence past client marketing that a lot of you guys, and frankly, it's the first thing we want all of you to do because it's the easiest way for you to generate business because let's be honest, it requires the least amount of sales skills because your friends, family, and loved ones will probably choose to do business with you anyway, provided you let them know that you're in real estate and are here to be of service. And therein lies the problem. So just because you have 100 people in your database or 300 or 500 or 10, um, and just because you're you know, marketing to them, let's say, just assume you're marketing to them passively, in other words, you're mailing them stuff, doesn't, that doesn't mean they're going to choose you to do business. So yeah, the 10% rule, let's, let's just assume that's true. Well, those, those 10% or those 10 people of your you know, group of 100, your list of 100, they're also hearing from probably 10 other realtors that are also sending them stuff, sending them postcards, forget me not, seeds the whole thing. So what you've got to accept is that the passive lead generation in any form does work, but it doesn't work anywhere as effective as being a proactive lead generator. So if you've got a great database and you've got 300 people in it and it's taken you years to really make it so this is a high quality database and you're not doing consistently, you know, say 20 to 30 deals out of it per year, it's because you're working the database too passively. And that's what we're going to help you hopefully understand on today's show. That's very true. I'm glad that you brought that up because, you know, just the existence of a database isn't enough. Just sending them things randomly sometimes isn't enough. When we coach this in Premier Coaching and certainly with our elite coaching clients, the coaches all make a very clear point that you do have to do probably 10 times as much for your database than you think you do in order to get at least that 10% return. So let's work the numbers just for a second. If there's 200 people in your database and they're all hearing from you all the time, well, that's at least 20 transactions, again, sticking to the 10% rule. 20 times the average commission of nearly 10,000 equals $200,000. In other words, if you are running the dumpster fire version of your database, that's the minimum potential income that you're missing out on. And some of you have a lot higher average sale price or average commission than that. So that would be the minimum. Well, um, let's just refer to that NAR study that came out, National Association of Realtors mm-hmm. study that came out. I don't know if you have that in your notes. But where they're essentially saying, I'll just cut to it, guys. After five years, 
um, you know, an agent that's actively in real, real estate, not just an agent, you know, half of all agents don't sell anything, but after five years, an active agent is getting, if I remember correctly, close to 80% of all their business from centers of influence and past clients. So you have to actually earn your way to have that kind of relationship with that many folks that they'll see you as the agent that they prefer to use. But even then you're not just going to wait out the clock until you have, you know, you've been in five years and just think the leads are going to start flowing in. You have to app 100%. Uh, be proactive with calling them by being in front of them at all times. So when they do have the opportunity to send a referral, they're going to think of you first because you've earned the right to sort of carve out that um, really that brand in their brain as the the go-to agent. Very well put. And so there are some specific points to stepping away from the dumpster fire version and closer to, as you said, the ATM or the lead generation machine. Well, you know what, Julie, we need to tell them. So the notes for today's podcast, like always, are down below. Open up the show description. If you're on YouTube, they're there. If you're on iTunes. Now, sometimes they get clipped because these are long notes today, for example. So they're going to be living over at timandjulieharris.com along with all of our other notes from past podcasts. So you can just hop over there and see the notes. And also, while you're there, do join Premier Coaching. Premier Coaching is the next natural step for all your real estate. Uh, every, basically, whatever market you're in, high end, low end, it doesn't matter. The system is designed to make it so that you have a clear path forward. You know exactly what to do every single day. You know how to lead generate. You know how to do lead follow up. All the things that you need in your real estate business to scale it. If you want to build a team, it's in Premier Coaching. If you want to learn how to you know, passively lead generate social media marketing, it's in Premier Coaching. Proactively lead generate, it's in Premier Coaching. It is a complete system uh, that, you know, frankly, we, Julie and I, take a tremendous amount of pride in because it's take a, taken us decades to create. And it's been tested over, you know, decades and it's been tested in all different markets and all different price ranges. And the best part, I think you'll agree, listeners, is you can join Premier Coaching for free. So just scroll down below and click the link to join Premier Coaching or you can just go to premiercoaching.com, premiercoaching.com. Again, you can join for free today and that does entitle you to a daily semi-private coaching call with one of our Harris Certified Coaches. So to learn more, just go to premiercoaching.com and then take the next natural step and become a member of our Premier Coaching community. I'm glad that you mentioned that because related to today's topic, we're talking about cleaning up your database, making sure you're really utilizing it. When you join Premier Coaching, you also get the 12-month Center of Influence event plan, and it's all laid out for you. So that's kind of related to this topic. So jot down in your notes your personal answers to the following questions, because that's going to tell you where your work needs to be on your own database. Number one, do you even have a database? Some of you listening, and you know who you are, don't have a database. So don't stay stuck on what's the best database. That's the next excuse they'll go to, right? Don't overspend on one that you'll never figure out. There are some very robust ones that are actually too much for agents, I think. It, it just has too much functionality. But do commit to using one and stick to it. So for example, if you are an EXP agent, you already have KV Core. That has training that is baked into it. It's easy to use. It's already right in front of you. Well, you remember the statistic, Julie, that something like, what, 98% of all uh, books that people buy never get read? Yes. I bet you the exact same thing is true with CRMs. For sure. Yeah. I mean, most of our listeners probably already have two or three of them they're paying for, but <laughs> it can be intimidating. You know, I, I remember learning our database. So the qu second question is, do you know how to use your database? Do the tutorial take the training? I know, you know, for example, Top Producer has some really great training. It's very clunky, hard to figure out. But so again, when you go back to something you may already have, but do the training. That way you're not intimidated by it and you actually start using it. Question number three, 
do you update your database at least once per week? What do we mean by updating? I have some notes here for you to write down. And your answers are yes or no, whether you do this or not. Julie, let me, before you get to point three, if sure. you don't want to take the time, if you just want to focus on lead generation, pre-qualifying, you know, if you actually want to do the five or six things and just focus on the five or six things that actually generate, you know, real honest to God closed transactions for you, and you never want to become a database guru, uh, I give you full permission to not have to ever have to master it because you can easily delegate this. All this sure. database stuff, if there's a list of things that you, you know, frankly, if you can only be good at a few good things, it should be lead follow-up, it should be pre-qualifying, it should be presenting, negotiating contracts, those things, the things we teach you in Premier Coaching. This database management and doing it at a high level, that's frankly one of the first things I would delegate if you're not naturally inclined in that direction. Personally, I am not. I would absolutely sure. hire someone else to do this. That. And the nice thing is, is that most of the uh, larger databases, the follow-up bosses and the KV cores and the others, there are a lot of uh, virtual assistants that you can use that will already know how to use all that stuff at a higher level. So frankly, just delegate it. But with that said, it's not a good idea to delegate something unless you have an understanding of it. When we talk about this in our book, Harris Rules, you can delegate, but don't abdicate. Abdicate means that once you delegate it, this is what kind of a weak leader does. They'll delegate something and then they don't know how to actually hold the person that they delegated the task to accountable because they've never actually done it themselves. We see that a lot of time, frankly, with agents that you know never really learn how to do over the phone prospecting. So they hire an army of prospectors for them usually overseas. They don't know what a good call is or a bad call. They don't know anything. They don't know how to help that person get better. You guys get the point. So you can delegate, but make sure you at least have a, a modestly high level understanding of the mechanics of the CRM before you delegate the management of it. Uh, but yeah, then, you know, you know, delegate it, but then monitor it. Make sure it's being done. Go in there and check. You got to do that with anybody you hire as part of your team. Yes, I just do. I, I would agree with that. It's definitely assistant worthy because most of this gets down to data entry. Right. You can't delegate the part where you're giving them the data to ent to actually enter, but you certainly can do what you mentioned. Mm -hmm. So what are, whether it's you or your assistant, when you're updating your database, things like adding new contacts, obviously, but include adopted clients. That's somebody who bought your listing as well as your professional center of influence. You're always breaking in new contractors, roofers, et cetera, put them in there. You also need to be, or your assistant needs to remove duplicate ent entries. You need to add contacts you make after joining new groups and clubs. Delete bad contacts and partial contacts so that doesn't muddy up your database. Add social media handles to each of your contacts. Add details like kids and pets names, birthdays, anniversaries. Curate specific lists. So this all gets back to database management, Let, let me drill down even that even more. So sure. if you have somebody, if you're really hot on Instagram, let's say, you should probably be pulling those leads out of Instagram of the people that are actually actively following you and put them in your database so that you can treat them at, a, you know, start essentially servicing them at a higher level and, and treating them extra special beyond the social media platform. Obviously, you know, Facebook, all the rest, the same thing. So try to, the relationships that you're forming online, pull those into your database so then you can start forming the relationships offline because that's where you're going to get the most, you know, juice out of the lemon, right? When you squeeze it. And Julie also had something on here too, which she skipped over. Adopted clients, I know why you skipped over it because sometimes that raises eyebrows. What's an adopted well, client? So an adopted client usually is you had the listing, another agent brought the buyer, you guys close. The chances of the other agent following up or possibly even being in the business after a few years are fairly slim. So you adopt the person who bought your listing and treat them as your own. They get the same mailings, the same newsletter, the same calls, the same social contact, 
as they would if they had actually been your client. So that's a great idea for all of you who have uh, not adopted your uh, the clients of the, you know, basically the buyers who have purchased your listings over the years. Go back and adopt mm-hmm. those guys. I know Julie and I, when we were selling real estate, frankly, all of our coaching clients, they do that as a regular, on the regular. Mm-hmm. You can't really do it on the buy side, right? Because, you know, right. it, do, it doesn't really work. You either worked with the buyer or you didn't. But you can, for example, adopt a for sale by owner that maybe you brought the buyer to. For sure. You, but you know. then you end up basically having that listing essentially state. You, you're, it's not just one listing and then, you know, you sell it once, get paid once, you can actually form, um, have a long family history with that particular listing as it comes for sale again and again, because you are adopting the buyers, assuming you're getting the listing every time, which you should, if you've done a good job servicing those buyers as if they were your own. That's right. And remember every single contact in your list, including the adopted ones, they have their own center of influence. So even if they're not going to buy or sell in the next five years, they probably know somebody who will. When we started out, Julie, we said, uh, you know, essentially the best way to make this work is do all the digital do all the passive stuff for following up your centers of influence and past clients. But then you start making the calls, you start actually doing direct, you know, uh, you had the events idea, things like that. That's when you're going to take everything to the next level. So let's say you did have a, you know, buyer, uh, buyer's agent brought a buyer to your listing. That uh, listing now, that buyer now wants to put the house for sale five or seven or three years into the future. You've been following up with them digitally, you know, passively, maybe postcards and whatnot. You've invited them to some of your events, treated them as if they're your client, and you've been calling them on a regular basis using our scripts. Of course, they're going to use you. I mean, at least they're going to consider using you because you've earned the right to be taken seriously as the agent they're going to use uh, when they decide to go sell that house. That's all we're suggesting. So again, there's opportunity everywhere. You just got to open your eyes to it. Also a cautionary tale, if you're not the one who's following up with your own past clients and somebody else adopted somebody you worked with, well, you know, it could happen in reverse. Well, in this era, Julie, where most agents are seduced into believing they can do virtually everything passively, including lead generation, Mm -hmm. if you are doing things proactively, if you're having conversations with folks, you really do have an unfair advantage. 100%. The whole crop of agents, vast majority of them, don't know how to really have um, a really high level effective uh, conversation with a potential client that's not like, basically where you're pre-qualifying people, where you're help solving your problems. You guys can tell when you're dealing with someone that's a true professional versus somebody that's trying to just patch some things together and fake friend you, you get a sense. There's a, it's like, you can sense whether you're dealing with someone that's an absolute rock star versus somebody that's just basically a hack. You'd want to be the absolute rock star. So we are big proponents of doing the passive lead generation, but really where you're going to get the most momentum and help the most people make the most money is when you're focusing on actually doing the real work of real estate. Hopefully you guys are getting that clear in your heads. Very well put. Point number four is easy. Do you regularly update passwords for security? That's in the interest of just keeping it cleaned up. Point number five, are you utilizing your database to communicate regularly? We've been talking about that a lot already on the show, but remember, just having the database is meaningless. You have to actually use it. So I have several examples, and I'm sure that you'll want to add some as well. First, of course, the good old-fashioned phone conversation voice-to-voice. It's a good excuse to add notes to your contact entries, ask them what their social media handles are, get caught up on what's going on with their kids, their pets, et cetera. So actual phone conversations. Well, again, before calling them, you know, use our scripts. We're going to give you guys conversation outlines, AKA scripts of what you're supposed to be saying to them every single month, every single time you call. Um, and also do go and stalk them a little bit. Uh, I know some of the CRMs actually stalk mm-hmm. them for you and, on a social and see what the hell's going on in their lives. That way, when you're contacting them, you know, you, there's a level of familiarity that, you know, they'll yes. appreciate the fact that you're appreciating what, 
frankly, they appreciate it. So, I mean, these well, are all good things. Well, you do feel closer to them. We, we yeah. always are shocked when somebody's like, hey, Tim and Julie, nice whatever post, you know, a post from the gym or something. And yeah. they're like, how do we know them? Oh, yeah, we know them from the gym, right? Okay, so next, digital newsletter campaigns. You can use your database for a pop-by list. Tomorrow's podcast, we're going to talk about pop-bys. For, for example, your top 30 contacts or most influential or referral givers, you can, of course, do your five thank you or congratulations cards daily. Use your database for that. Free comparable market analysis delivered, discussed. You can have notes in there. You can use your database to decide who gets them and when. Of course, market updates. People do keep market updates. We call that what's hot and what's not. You can use your database for wanted outreach for your buyers you're working with. Whenever we talk about buyers that can't find inventory, remember we remind you that your database is your private MLS. You know who owns what in which neighborhoods. This is a good time to interject this um, from our experience coaching. So if like people ask us occasionally, if Tim and Julie, if you guys were to get back in selling real estate, you know what would you do differently than way, what, what you did before? The answer is really not that much, but I'll just share this information mm -hmm. with you. You want to sell real estate where there's the highest sales velocity. In other words, you know, homes actually go for sale on a semi-regular basis. They're, they're turnover yeah. fairly regularly, not some neighborhood like where homes never go for sale. The second thing is you want to choose the highest average sale price you possibly can find. Definitely. I mean, doesn't that make sense? The next thing that we would do is definitely have a very robust social, uh, what we're talking about now. You want to have essentially a very large swath of community involvement so you can build your database because you're going to get a lot of business, especially, frankly, in the upper end, but really all price ranges, when people know, love, and trust you. You can meet, if you're trying to break into an upper end market, you could do the best marketing in the world. You can, you know, 100% have beautiful everything you're mailing to people, but you're going to lose to the person that they play tennis with. Okay. That's, and mm -hmm. I'll, uh, here's proof to that. When, you know, anybody who's been selling real estate for a long time at a high level, that's a proactive lead generator, you know, your biggest competitor isn't the other, you know, really top producing agents in the marketplace. It's the sellers, uh, the agents that know the seller from centers of influence and past clients. The center of influence past client agents are the hardest to beat, no matter how good your skill set is. It's true. So don't try to beat them, join them. And do both. That's really the moral yeah, of the story. Well, your job is to be the one that they think of first. Yeah, that's the uh, that's. And Julie and I were doing an event in Laguna Beach just as a while ago, and we had Greg Newman on stage. And Greg, if you guys don't know him, is one of the I don't know perennial top producing agents in the world, and uh, somebody we've known forever. And so he's talking about all the things, you know, these types of things. It, what we're just sharing with you guys. And he said the one. Th so this guy, by the way, does most of his lead generation from proactive lead generation, expired mm -hmm. fizzbos, notice defaults, that type of work which is great. And he does it every single day and he's incredible at it. Just the best of the best. Well, um, ask, uh, someone in the audience asked, what would you do differently? Or what do you regret? Some question along those lines. And he said, I never actually formed a really good CRM, never actually worked my, um, my database. I always knew I could generate new business from just basically all the, you know, people that are always fizzballing, always expiring, always, you know, all the rest of it. And I never actually invested a lot of time and energy into that. You know, now I want you guys to think about that. He knew because he conceptualized the losses he's taken from not having worked that. But here's a guy that had been in the business probably 20 years at that point. I don't even know how many thousands of homes he sold. He probably could have sold at least 30 to 40% more had he worked at Centers of Influence and Past Client List. Now, and he, I would say easier too. Yeah, easier because they know, love, and trust you. And I remember that uh, he was on a panel when he had that question mm -hmm. asked him, and I very distinctly remember that because he said, looking back at my many thousands of past clients, he said, and, and you know, I remember the audience was like thousands of past clients, he said, not only would I have spent less time 
hunting new business, but I also would have spent less money on some of the marketing that I shouldn't have done had I been better at nurturing my database. Right. And then the hands all shot up and everyone in the audience wanted to be his assistant so they could just start <laughs> calling, us, calling us their influencer, exactly. his past client database, right? Which he was, he still wasn't working at a high level, but it's kind of interesting. So guys, learn from the people who've already been up and down the mountain a few times. It'll save you a lot of effort. <laughs> That's for sure. So that brings us to point number six. Do you follow a systematic calendar of communication with your database? For example, daily calls, an example would be five contacts per day, five days per week. Everyone listening can do that. That's 25 contacts per week or 100 per month. If you have a database of 100, you're talking to 100% of your people every month. What would your business look like if you just made those five contacts per day? You can do weekly pop, to pop buys for top contacts, depending on the season, what's going on. And you can certainly do monthly newsletters. You can do digital newsletters. It's the combination of all of these things that starts to work. It's not just choosing, okay, I got to do my database. I'm going to send them a postcard. That by itself isn't going to be enough. If you do a postcard, well, first of all, what you should mail them is some sort of um, more analytically minded, updated market report. Mm -hmm. And then when you do that and you're doing monthly calls and you're following our scripts, I, I assure you guys at that point, you've elevated yourself to a level that no amount of uh, you know other agents going to be able to compete against. You now have carved out that sacred space in their minds where you're going to be the go-to real estate agent for them for life. And if you're if anyone ever needs a real estate agent, now you have to earn that. And you can't just mail them things. You can't just like their posts on Facebook and post pictures of your dog. You're going to have to you do all that stuff if you choose to. But what matters most, if you can only do one thing, you got to make the calls. Sorry, you do. You just got to make the calls. It's the least expensive too. Right. If you drive past one of your listings, or I'm sorry, you drive past today, and all of us have, has, we've all experienced this. It's the most, it's the worst feeling ever. You're going to be driving down the street and you're going to see a listing, a new listing that came for sale that you sold to that buyer five years ago. And you're, they didn't even bother to call you to let you know they're putting the house yep. for sale. Then you're going to do, you're going to, first of all, stages of grief, basically. You're going to be mad. You're going to deny it, mm -hmm. right? You're going to go through denial. I didn't see it. I didn't see it. And then you're going to start rationalizing, like, why you didn't get it. And But the reality of it is, is you didn't get it because you didn't call them. But you've been mailing them stuff. Forget me not seeds. You've been mailing them all the, you know, pumpkin pies in November, all these other things. It doesn't matter. The other agent was calling them and probably doing all those other things. But if you have to choose between the other things that cost you money that are passive and the proactive, which is picking up the phone, always pick up the phone. When was the last time somebody called you to have a conversation that was designed to frankly make you feel great, make you feel thankful? I, never. It never happens. Everyone does everything passively. So be, Tim, be, nobody picks up the phone. Well, yeah, initially you're going to have some issues with some people not picking up the phone. Text them first. Let them know you're going to call. You know, do things like that. Earn their, uh, earn the right to be that one agent that they think of, but you can't do it passively unless, you, I mean, you can't do it passively in a meaningful way. So if you have 100 people in your database and you're only picking up two or three centers of influence and past client referrals per year, it's because you might be doing the passive stuff, but you start doing the proactive stuff and then you're going to, your world's going to pivot. Only if you do the actions though. So bottom line, to generate at least a 10% return, and I would say, I think you would agree, most of our coaching clients get well more than a 10% return. The ones that call, the, the ones, ones that call that regularly. Call, for sure. It has to, your database has to be regularly updated, cleaned for accuracy, used to communicate at a high level, and continue to grow. So done correctly, your database is possibly your best asset, your most valuable asset when you actually curate it. Julie, there's this little trend on social, and I think all of mm -hmm. you guys have seen it, where they're basically agents are kind of, I don't know what you want to call it, bragging, but bragging about 
uh, in the last 12 months, I sent out this many emails. I sent out this many texts. I mailed this many postcards. I did this. I did this. I did this. Right. Passive, 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 mm-hmm. passive, passive, passive. If you want to, like, I, I keep on seeing these posts and people are like bragging about doing all this passive stuff that all they, it's a CRM doing it all for them. And they think that they should be taking victory laps just because they're, you know, emailing a bunch of stuff. All the passive stuff, I assure you, it does work, but nowhere it's oversaturated. Everybody's doing it. All your competitors are doing it. The people in your, again, I'm saying this for the third time, so you guys are really clear about this. All the people in your center of influence and past client list are also in probably 10 other agents lists and they're all doing the exact same thing. You will be the only one calling. So if you have to choose between making the call, bringing some sincere, honest to God value to their lives with what you're going to tell them and mailing them a bunch of stuff, call them. Let all the other agents basically, you know, get washed into all the noise of all the passive stuff. Be very clear about that. Well, you know what's really cool about the calls or... I almost said slay because so it's got it in my head. What's really great about calls, unlike everything else that you just mentioned, news, uh, you know, digital newsletters, postcards, even door hangers. The great thing about calls is you are 100% certain that they got your message. You made actual contact. The rest of the stuff could go to a spam folder, a trash folder, the actual trash can didn't get delivered in the first place. They don't even know how to find it, but not with the call. You had a high quality conversation. Yeah. I mean, and it's, here's, you know, there's a mindset benefit to all this too, right? Mm -hmm. You, how do you feel at the end of the day, if you mailed out a bunch of stuff and you, you know, emailed a bunch of stuff and texted a bunch of stuff and liked a bunch of stuff, it kind of just feels, I mean, like nothing, right? How will you feel every single day if you start having actually three, let's say to five meaningful conversations with people that you know, love and trust and know, love and trust you, your centers of influence and past clients. And you are building, you know, you're essentially building a higher level of relationship with them. And yes, you're picking up referrals, or at least, you know, you're working your way to them sending you referrals. How does it feel? How do you feel about yourself as a real estate practitioner? Don't you guys get it? Just, just allow yourself for a moment to feel that today at the end of the day, you know, you're thinking to yourself, what did I actually get done? And one of the things you got done was five meaningful contacts with centers of influence and past clients. Maybe it's three, maybe it's 10, maybe it's 15. It doesn't matter. I'm just choosing five because everyone can do it. Doesn't that feel kind of amazing? I mean, you guys get it. And then what you're going to want is more of that feeling. So you're going to keep doing it. Well, wouldn't it be great to actually know who in your database? Let's say you've got 200 people. It's a nice polished list. You've been after it, right? Of those 200 people, I guarantee you that somebody has kids that just graduated from high school or college and is becoming an empty nester. That's a potential listing. Somebody got relocated. Somebody decided they don't want to do steps anymore. Somebody hates their neighbor next door. Somebody is making a decision to buy or sell today who is lurking somewhere in your database. Wouldn't it be great if you were the one that found out about that? Yeah. Oh, no, but you just mailed them a bunch of postcards, so they're going to call you. No, they're not. Because guess what? Same day, they received a bunch of postcards from everybody. Oh, you're going to do a Facebook campaign talking about whatever you're going to talk about, and that's going to make them want to... No, because there's 10 other agents doing the same damn thing. You guys get it? And then you're going to drive by and see somebody else's sign, and you're going to be mad. (laughs) Mad, mad, mad. Don't let it happen to you. So, Julie, I think this was a slay podcast. (laughs) Slay. I was trying to get them to say rad this morning and replace (laughs) slay, so we'll see how that goes. Those of you with little kids, (laughs) you know what we're talking about. All right. In the meantime, you guys have a fantastic uh, day. Thank you for keeping this number one listen to daily podcast for real estate agents in at least the United States. Have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>